Welcome to our worship today from St Peter and St Paul's Seal. Our thanks today go to Paul and Sally Thompson for our readings, and we also thank the choristers of St Martin in the Fields for our two hymns. You can find service sheets and hymn words on our church website. Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God and of the whole company of heaven to offer unto him through our Lord Jesus Christ our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to make confession of our sins, to pray as well for others as for ourselves, that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require. Wherefore, let us kneel in silence and remember God's presence with us now. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus you our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. May the almighty and merciful Lord 
grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Our psalm today is Psalm 126. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, then were we like unto them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with joy. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. Yea, the Lord hath done great things for us already, whereof we rejoice. Turn our captivity, O Lord, as the rivers in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that now goeth on his way weeping, and beareth forth good seed, shall doubtless come again with joy, and bring his sheaves with him. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. A reading from the book of Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the broken-hearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit, they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins, they shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastation of many generations. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully give them their recompense and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants shall be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge that they are a people whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robes of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all nations. This is the word of the Lord. We say the Magnificat together. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. 
for he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm, he hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed for ever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Gospel according to John. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. We say the Nunc Dimittis together. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And we say the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us, and grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the Queen, and mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. Endue thy ministers with righteousness, and make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people, and bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us, but only thou, O God. O God, make clean our hearts within us, and take not thy Holy Spirit from us.
Let us pray. O Lord Jesus Christ, who at thy first coming did send thy messenger to prepare thy way before thee, grant that the ministers and stewards of thy mysteries may likewise so prepare and make ready thy way, by turning the hearts of the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, that at thy second coming to judge the world we may be found an acceptable people in thy sight, who livest and reignest with the Father and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Saviour. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. I wonder whether you've put any Christmas lights up yet, or whether you're intending to. It seems to me that there are more lights around this year than ever, and perhaps that's no surprise after all we've been through. The ones in the village went up last weekend. Many thanks to all who helped to do that. Philip put ours up around the front of the vicarage last week, so we're lovely and twinkly here. Christmas trees are being decorated with lights in homes everywhere and, of course, Advent candles like ours in church are gradually being lit as we approach Christmas. Christians aren't alone in celebrating with lights at this time of year. The Jewish feast of Hanukkah was last week and the Hindu celebration of Diwali a few weeks ago, both of them festivals of light. If you live in the Northern Hemisphere, it's easy to see why there's such an obsession with lights just around now. Few of us really like the long nights of winter. Light is important to us emotionally, spiritually, as well as practically. We need these light-filled celebrations to cheer us up and remind us that the darkness won't go on forever. Today, as well as being the third Sunday of Advent, is also St Lucy's Day a saint who's very much associated with light. Her name comes from the Latin word for light, lux. She was a young Sicilian Christian who was martyred in Syracuse around 304 AD in a wave of persecution under the Emperor Diocletian. It's said that she refused to enter a forced marriage with a wealthy pagan man and he was so incensed at this that he had her arrested, imprisoned, tortured and eventually executed. Sadly, an all-too-common female saintly story. Forced marriage was something that many faced. Other stories say that before this, she had taken food by night to other Christians who were hiding in the catacombs, wearing a candle on her head so that her hands were free to carry it. Her story spread northwards from her Mediterranean home, and especially caught on in Sweden and other Nordic countries. Her feast day, December the 13th, was the midwinter solstice before the calendar reforms of the 17th century, 
and that story of her candlelit visits to the catacombs made her an obvious figure for the Festival of Light, especially in dark northern latitudes. On this day in Swedish-speaking communities, young girls dressed as St Lucy in white robes and red sashes, the symbols of martyrdom, process through streets and churches and walk around their homes singing. And rather terrifyingly, in my opinion, they do all of this wearing crowns of candles on their heads. For younger children, the candles are battery-operated these days, but older girls expect to wear the real thing. I can hardly bear to think about the risk assessment. Like our Advent and Christmas light customs, St Lucy's Day underlines just how much light matters to us. Whether we believe she really wore candles on her head to visit those in hiding, the symbolism is powerful. Just imagine what it would have been light, like to see that light coming towards you through the darkness, if you were sitting there afraid for your life. It wouldn't have just been the candle flame that made the difference, but the light of kindness and courage which shone from her. You would never forget it. Lucy's story reminds us of all those who've discovered the light of Christ in their own lives and then borne it for others. Even if we don't believe her story as literal truth, there were many other early Christian women whose stories were similar, and many since, of course, whose lives have been lit up by the knowledge of how Jesus treated women, as individuals with hopes and dreams of their own, included and honoured in his mission. Women have found strength and dignity in that, and the courage to resist forced marriage and the other pressures of their societies. They've been able to live their own lives and fulfil their own callings. Men, as well as women, of course, have discovered the light of Christ shining in their lives, showing them new ways to live, inspiring and comforting them, giving them new purpose, no matter who they are, how humble their background, what they have done or what's been done to them. As Isaiah put it in our first reading, they found in Jesus the one who brings good news to the oppressed, binds up the brokenhearted, proclaims liberty to the prisoners. It's happened to them, so they know it's true. Like John the Baptist in our Gospel story, those whose lives have been lit up by Christ know that they themselves are not the light. I'm not the light, you're not the light, and thank goodness for that. We can't save the world, we can't even save ourselves, but we don't have to. The candles we light at Advent don't just burst into flame by themselves. The fire has to be brought to them from elsewhere. The fairy lights that festoon our trees don't glow on their own. They have to be connected to a power source. But when they are, they can transform everything around them, just as we all can. You in your small corner and I in mine, as the old children's song puts it. John the Baptist and St Lucy discovered the light of Christ for themselves and they carried that light to others, lighting up their lives too. And they call us to be light bearers as well. If we're going to do that though, we first need to know what the light of Christ looks like in our own lives, what difference he makes to us. We can't bear witness to something unless we know what it is. We can't bring light to others unless we've found out what it means for us. 
So what does Christ mean to us? How does faith bring light to our lives? There's no stock answer to that. It's different for everyone. But something has drawn each of us to pray, to worship, to read the Bible, to wonder about Jesus. Something in these things enriches us, intrigues us, changes us, inspires us to love and serve others, brings us peace or maybe shakes us out of our complacency. If it didn't, we wouldn't be here now listening to this. Something in the Christian story enlightens us in some way. Just as a traveller lost in a dark place might head towards the glow of a distant lighted window, knowing that there would be at least a possibility of finding help there, we are called first to notice the light that has drawn our attention to Christ. Then, when we've found our light, we can share it with others. We don't need to know any fancy theological words to do this, and we certainly don't need, thank God, to wear crowns of burning candles on our heads. Bearing the light is really just a matter of naming that light in our lives and living as if it matters. We may not think our faith is anything special. It may feel very feeble or tentative, but the light we've found might be just the light that someone else is desperately looking for like that candle flame that shone through the darkness of the catacombs as Lucy made her way to her friends there. And if we don't share it, maybe no one else will. So as we look at the lights around us lighting up this dark advent, may we find and name the light in us, so that when the fairy lights and candles are packed away, we're still shining and bearing Christ's light for others too. Amen. Loving Lord, we thank you for the light of Christ and we pray that we might know that light in our own lives. We thank you for all who've shown us the light through their love for us and we pray that we might be bearers of the light for others. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for those who live among the dark shadows of war and poverty giving thanks for the courageous witness of all who shine as lights in those places. Give strength to those who work for peace and justice and shine the light of your love into the hearts of those who perpetuate violence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, at this time of great national challenge, we pray for our politicians and all who bear great responsibility. We pray for everyone involved in the Brexit negotiations and for those combating coronavirus. We pray that you would show a way forward which enables people to work together for the common good. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we thank you for all who bear witness to the light in our community serving and helping those around them, giving guidance and support in times of trouble. Help us to look for your light in one another and trust that you are working among us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for all who are on our hearts today, for those who are sick and those who are caring for them, for those who see no light 
and fear that the darkness of loneliness, trouble and anxiety will swallow them. We pray for your light in the darkness, your comfort in the pain and your peace in the turmoil. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we entrust into your keeping all who have died and gone before us into the light of heaven. Comfort those who mourn and hold them in your loving hands. And give us all the courage to trust in your promises, both now and in the future. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. The peace of God that passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. <laughs>